Welcome to Icky Ichabod's Weird Cinema Live from Grand Forks Best Source. I am Icky Ichabod and we're going to have a weird time tonight. Because we're going to be talking about the 1983, I believe, movie Crawl. Yeah, definitely. I'm looking forward to talking about Kroll. We're picking up where we left off on fantasy movies from the 80s from a few months back. But before we get going on that, uh, we got to make sure to give a shout out to our friends at the River Cinema 15 and the Shire Bar and Grill, where we want you to make them your next dinner and a movie destination. They're both located inside the River Cinema, or excuse me, in the River Mall in East Grand Forks. Now you can either dine inside the movie memorabilia laden restaurant, the Shire, or take your meal to the movie you'll be attending. Some of this week's featured movies are Cocaine Bear. I'm not kidding about the title on that one. Cocaine I read about Bear. that in Fangoria. Yeah. And it's exactly, the movie is exactly what it sounds like. It is. It, it is. I'll talk more about that later. Also, Atman and the Wasp, Quantumania, still in theaters, Amazing Maurice, Devil's Peak, Magic Mike's Last Dance, just a few of the many movies playing at the River Cinema 15, and you can find the complete listings of films and showtimes on rivercinema15.com. Don't forget, Tuesday's $5 movies all day long, and a $5.50 senior matinee special on Wednesday and Thursdays. Now, the River Cinema 15 has multiple theaters with luxury recliners. You can see in the video behind me. It also has expanded concessions that now serve adult beverages, and it's family-owned and operated by the same company that runs the Grand Theater in Crookston. And for their showtimes, you can visit morefamilytheaters.com. All right, Icky. So I, I got to say something about that cocaine bear for a second. Yeah. I read, a, I read an article on it in Fangoria, and apparently it's a really good film, actually. It was made by, I think, a, a lady, and she uses a lot of practical effects, so I'd go see it if I were you. So, yeah, I, I you know, I read some interesting things about that movie, Cocaine Bear. It's actually based off a real thing that happened in the 80s. So, yeah, a bear found accidentally stumbled across some uh, federally... Uh, drugs. So, some drugs that were, I, I guess, uh, it was on this small flight. Uh, the, F, the narcotics team was transporting it, but then they were losing altitude. They had to get rid of weight, so they tossed these duffel bags of Coke overboard in the forest. They think no one would have found it, but nope. Uh, <laughs> Can we even say that word on, on, on air? <laughs> Narcotics? No, cocaine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just we're just reporting a fact. <laughs> okay, sorry yeah. about that. Yeah. Uh, Eric Clapton made a song about it. <laughs> so <laughs> if he can make a song on it on uh, FCC-regulated radio, I'm pretty sure we're A-OK. So. All right, so yeah. let's talk about Kroll. Yes, Kroll. Kroll, it's, it's, you know what it reminded me of? What's that? Dale? I know you're a video game nerd, oh, so you're going to like this. Very, very much so. It reminded me of Zelda. Zelda, yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because you can see in the footage behind me, we see we have our hero here played by Ken Marshall. He's the character Colwyn. He's holding a glaive. And uh, glaives were kind of... Uh, a lot of people associate glaives for the movie Predator. Yeah, like the Predator would like toss them and then they come back to them. But well before Pr Predator first made it popular, here we have Kroll. It's like the signature, it's like the big MacGuffin that... That, uh, it's the Excalibur of yeah, weapons. Yeah, the Excalibur, the weapon that Colwyn must track down in order to defeat the, the primary villain here. Well, here's the thing I didn't like about that. Why is that? I thought, you know, he got it too easily. Yeah, he kind of got it right real early in the film. but uh, He didn't really have to, like, do anything to get it either. He just needed to dip his hand in this water and I, I guess came out. Before we get there, yeah, this film first hit in 1983, and, uh, like, it 
It's not on any streaming services. We tried to find it. Luckily, our local library had the DVD, yeah. so I was able to rent it from there, and we kind of borrowed it to each other here. So, um, And the synopsis for this is, A prince and a fellowship of companions set out to rescue his bride from a fortress of alien invaders who have arrived on their home planet. Um, now, yeah, they show initially, and there's a little narrator of the opening piece saying they, they're going to have like the child to save the galaxy, and their, their wedding gets... In, invaded by these slayers. You know what I thought was funny? At the beginning of the movie, you got that big rock just flying through space, and it's like really slow. And it reminds me of that part from Star Wars when the when the Star Destroyers like going across the screen at the beginning of The Empire Strikes Back, or at the beginning of Spaceballs when when that big ship is going by. It says we break for no one at the um, behind it. The break for no one. Yeah, yeah. They. Did you did you think from that opening setup they were gonna you're in for a satire like spaceballs? Kind of, yeah. kind of. No, this movie plays it straight. It plays it straight. Uh, Which is no. Now I know you said there's a lot of practical effects we want to talk about later in here, but they do have a little bit of CG special effects because these slayers they have like these their Worms. version of of like their firearms that they fire little laser blasts at at people with. Which, you know, I didn't get because I thought it was supposed to be like a period piece. Yeah, that's what I thought too. But I guess, you know, they're aliens, so they I guess I could kind of buy into sci-fi well, gadgetry. It kind of reminds me of Cowboys versus Aliens then. Oh, yeah, the uh, a Daniel Craig epic there. Yeah. yeah. Were you a fan of that one? It was okay. Well, so what do you think of the the, the way the whole invasion got, went down and now Colin has to go on this quest, how they got that set up? We get introduced to the Slayers. Did you got thought that set the stage all right, or come off too cheesy? The Slayers with their costumes, their practical effects. I didn't like the Slayers. I liked the Kroll monster though. The Kroll monster was really good. Yeah, there was a. Yeah, I thought the costumes for the Slayers is it's like here you guys have a bunch of uh, black old black drapes. We'll tear them up a few times. Put a couple little quasi spider webs on there or something like that. Uh, Here's these staffs. I, I like the sex, the skexies from. from oh yeah, uh, um, Dark Crystal, right? Dark Crystal, better. Yeah, yeah I'm with you. Yeah, the, the the enemies were and the costumes for them were way more elaborate than. And they were puppets, and I'm a big puppet fan. So. Yeah, and the the budget for this, I think, was a little bit on the lower end. Uh, I got it here. Uh, I, so they may not have had as much to work with. Uh, yeah, sixteen point nine million was the budget. So. You you know you, you know what I didn't like. Hmm. I like this movie. It's a good movie for its day and time and stuff. But you know he uses the whatever that 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 blade thing is only once in the whole movie. If you know if if that blade is such a great power, then why wouldn't you use it to destroy all your enemies? That's a good point. Now, I, I want to say I thought there was some line of dialogue saying it can only be used against the grand uh, monster there he faces at the end. But maybe which is kind of cheesy. Yeah, maybe they didn't want it to. You know, it's like getting a you know the epic mega weapon at the end of a video game. You don't want to have it at the beginning of the video game to overpower all your cannon fodder enemies with. They'll make it no fun. So well, like at the end of the Resident Evil original video game, you you know you get a bazooka for the first time and you use it to kill the tyrant. Yeah, yeah, that's or like in you know Doom the BFG. It's you got to go through quite the trek to get the BFG in Doom, and, and you only have very limited ammo, so you don't just use it nonstop against all the other enemies. There's a Cyclops in this movie. 
Yeah, there's. A... And I learned something about the Cyclops. The guy who wore the cyclo- who was the Cyclops, wore glasses, and he couldn't take them off because I don't believe they had like uh, really good um, uh, contacts back then. Bernard Breslau so plays. They the had Cyclops. to make. The, they had to put the the prosthesis over his eyes. I, I did like the costume for the Cyclops. Yeah. So yeah, Colin. He starts off on this quest to you know he has to find the Black Fortress where they. T- Kidnapped the, his bride to be, which miraculously just appears and disappears in different places all the time. I guess they say each day it appears in a new part of the land. That and the only way you can find the location out if they find this other person, this mystical uh, seer that can uh, predict where it's going to be. Was that the Lady of the Web? Or yeah, the Lady of the Web. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple interesting folks, but Colwyn, as he as he sets out on this journey, he recruits his kind of little mini army along the way. What did you Which think? Which features Liam Neeson. Yep, Liam Neeson's like one of the, they run into a band of like ten escaped prisoners. Who was that? Uh, one, Liam Neeson is just like pris- escaped prisoner number seven or eight. He only has like a handful of lines in the movie. Who was uh, the wizard dude who could transform into stuff? Oh yeah, that was uh, that was Ergo the Jester, played by David Batley. He was he, he kind of. He, now, they kind of had some fun satirical humor with him because he tries to cast these little uh, spells to transform people into weird, goofy creatures, but he screws up the spells all the time and keeps accidentally turning himself into, like, a dog or a sheep. So, yeah. I don't know. Did that do a little bit for you for a little lightheartedness in the film? A little bit. Yeah, so any other the band of uh, kind of companions that Colwyn sets out on his quest for? No. No, you're not having anything of it. You know, I looked up more on Colwyn, played by uh, the, person, the actor who plays him was Ken Marshall. This is like his only big uh, major motion picture he did. Everything else, his other list of credits were like a lot of one-off TV films or just TV episodes, a lot of episode, episodic television. Didn't really make it big. Uh, I saw like mostly Deep Space Nine he was a major, or like a major recurring actor in. But uh, um, so I know you mentioned a little earlier uh, Colin, he gets a glaive we see behind us in the video. Thought it came too quick then, huh? Yeah, I, I did. I thought he you know, would have to fight to get it, but he didn't really have to fight. All he had to do was climb his mountain and dip his hand in this water, and he got it. I think it. it was lava. He made it seem pretty painless on, like... Well, they have, yeah. the, they have the parts with the, uh, with the fire hands when they're you know, getting married and when they fight Kroll at the end. Yeah, yeah, that was... I was like, how could he just... I thought he was going to show him screaming or something to get the glaive out of the lava, but no, he just... And he lets his hands sit in there for like a good 10 seconds or so, but... Yeah, they should have added some drama. No drama. Well, you know, I like fantasy movies, but sometimes they overrush them. Mm-hmm. I think my favorite fantasy movies of all time are the Lord of the Rings movies. Yeah, because regular they, or extended. They don't, they don't rush those movies. Especially extended versions. Which are like two and a half, three hours long. Well, I think almost all of them are around the three to three hour, 20 minute range. But then the extended range from like about three and a half to four hours. I think Return of the King, I want to say, is four hours. Yeah, those 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 are truly epic. But yeah, good memories like, of seeing I like those. epic fantasy, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, they made a movie called The Dark Tower. It was based on a Stephen King series. And I think we, we covered that. No, it was Dark Crystal we covered, yeah. But the dark, I'd like to do the Dark Tower, but here's the thing. They made it into just one movie when it's like seven books, and there's make, like right. maybe over like 5,000 pages of stuff. 
well, that gives him perfect reason to make into a grand epic trilogy. <laughs> but I guess, you know, towers. We also have fortress, the black fortress here. The final act of the film, Colwyn and his and his group, his posse, they, they make it to the black fortress. They find out where it is. Uh, well, I guess, you know, they... They have that interesting scene with the black spider web lady to find out the location. How lady, you, well, lady of the web. Yeah, lady what? of the web. I thought that was a pretty interesting. And scene. it was really uh, the 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 old man. It was uh, the seer. Yeah, the seer's wife or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, you find out he has some interesting backstory with with the lady of the web. Was his uh, old love interest, and that was actually an interesting uh, kind let's, of twist. Let's, let's talk about the elephant in the room, though. Mm. The fight with Kroll. That absolutely sucked. Yeah, the it was pretty anticlimactic. <laughs> Just pretty quick, chuck the glaive, save the day. Yeah. And then it ended weird, too, you know? They're just, like, kissing or something like that, and it just goes to... Well, I thought the build-up until the final encounter was all right, because they show him kind of... He has this group of, you know, his, his posse, and they're going up into the Black Fortress, like this big invasion, and, you know, all the escaped prisoners, like, of the 10 escaped prisoners, like, they're all getting picked off throughout the... throughout the on the way to find the last encounter, so they make it seem like this nice, dynamic uh, progression of the struggle to make it to the final boss. Or not. Not Icky approved? No. You didn't like them trying to make their way through the tower and no. while other people are getting the picked off? The tower could have been cooler. And yeah. The fight. And the traps didn't do it for cooler. you? No. It reminded me too much of Indiana Jones. I guess, yeah. There's like, you know, shifting floors they got to overcome and all that. And yeah. No, yeah. That's a good, I guess this came out the same year as, uh, uh, I want to say, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark? Or maybe, maybe no. Maybe no. I. Maybe a year. Actually, I think year. This is eighty three. I think Raiders of the Lost Ark was like eighty four, eighty five. So this is before Indiana Jones. Yeah. Uh. So, but maybe they got they got some of the storyboards and were inspired. <laughs> but what? yeah, it was a yeah. I'm, no, I'm with you. the The final encounter was a little lackluster. I thought the you know the invasion leading up to it was actually pretty decent, and the spider web scene was pretty good. I like the crawl monster though. The crawl monster. The effects on the crawl monster. Well, yeah. you know, just 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 the, the the carving of the latex and the stuff like that for the mask was cool. You really don't get to see it all that well, though. It's more in like a, from far away or you know stuff like that. Now, we covered a few months ago. We did our fantasy movie month. You know, we talked about Dark Crystal, Legend, and Never Ending Story. Now with Kroll, uh, how would you rank this with those films? I'd say. Bottom of the tier. Dark Crystal, Crawl, Never Ending Story, Legend. So you think this was like the second best of, of the four? Yes. Okay. Yeah. You know, I absolutely love Never Ending Story. Uh, I think, and Dark Crystal. You know, I, I really like all four of them. I think I would put this one probably, you know, I'm thinking Dark Crystal, I may put down at the bottom. Actually, I don't know. I really like all four. This would probably be third or fourth. So, uh, but final verdict: Does would you give it a recommended on the for fans of fantasy movies or? I would, but I also got to do this. Ooh, a double sound effect! I didn't mean to do double, d- d- double your bang for your buck. <laughs> but uh, I, I liked it though. You know, it was okay for you know the premise and things like that, but. You know, the aliens could have been better. and Yeah, I'm with you there. The fight with the crawl monster at the end could have been better. And it could have, you know, they could have had more, like, 
um, venturing and journeying for the glaive. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that. They, I think they kind of rush things in this movie. Well, for the box office, it did about double, just under double its budget, uh, 16.9 million budget. Uh, according to Wikipedia, it said 27 to 30 million dollar box office, so just under double its budget. It made back in the theaters for the Rotten Tomato scores. Critics aggregate was 30 percent. Audience aggregate was 51 percent. So kind of wishy washy there, but yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like I'd say this is like above average, but not like great. Does that make sense? I understand yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, I would I would say it's like must see, but you know if you really dig you know the fantasy movies, especially of the 80s variety, that you know this is like some good. You, you can't go wrong with this one. Can I, can I plug something really quick? Go for it. Uh, there's a, a Time Bomb wrestling show uh, that next month on the 16th, I believe, at the Sanctuary Events Center, and it's going to be a very good time. So I would check it out if I were you, if you like pro wrestling and you like violent pro wrestling at that. So yeah. Time Bomb Pro, they always put on good shows. And, yeah, you talked to the promoter here a couple months ago, and, yeah, yeah, they are they always have good shows. They're good people. They're mm-hmm. good people. I know them. So. All right. Well, um, before we wind things down here with uh, some preview for next week's show, we got a word from our friends from Executive Properties. Are you still putting off that project around the house that's been bugging you forever? Do you think you can wait until spring and call a contractor and have the work done ASAP? Well, good luck with that. Executive Properties has openings right now to get that project done. In fact, you can check out their Google reviews. Aaron says Chris and his team did a spectacular job on the damage to my aunt's garage and siding. Kept us up to date on the progress, and the finished product was amazing. Thank you for your professionalism and hard work. Hey, get that project done sooner than later. Call Executive Properties, 701-330-1273. All right. Now, before we preview next week's show, just some other GFBS shows going on from earlier this week. We interviewed in the studios of GFBS on the featured interview, Victor Meza, who was in here to tell us all about the annual Polar Plunge Charity Drive, and which is a really good uh, cha- uh, fundraiser. I, I actually participated in it last year, and yeah, it was a lot of fun. I'll never forget it. Uh, and similar to how we revisited a 1983 film uh, today on uh, previous week's edition of Midwest Super Pixel Pros, we revisited a pair of arcade classics from the early 80s in the form of Frogger and Crazy Climbers. So those are just a couple of over a dozen shows we do over we do every week. You can find on gfbestsource.com or just search GFBS on your favorite podcast, streaming, or social media apps. Uh, Icky. What are we going to be talking about next week? Return to Oz. So stay weird, Grand Forks. 